the greatest thing in your life is that you're alive and throbbing. Everything else is secondary. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is a fresh episode of the Not A Paid Sponsor Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Hernandez, joined today by my lovely wife, Samantha Cosme. How are you, my love? I'm okay. How are you? I am alive and well. Uh, for those of you guys who are wondering, it is the one-year anniversary since uh, I was diagnosed with colon cancer, and I'm still alive. Yay! Woo! Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's been a pretty difficult i would say more difficult six months uh rather than the entire year uh it was hard getting the surgery back in april but the last six months i, I would say are probably more difficult than that the chemo stopped working at one point and i had to switch to another chemo which did not work and it was a big mess that after that chemo didn't work we had to then apply for immunotherapy and long story short the immuno you know i've had about five six cycles of the immunotherapy treatment and it seems to be shrinking the tumor uh, which is good and i'm hoping that i get to a point where the cancer is completely in remission and i could get back to work and just be a productive member of society but we're not there yet um and i'd like to thank everybody for all the get well wishes and things like that. And now with that being said, uh, I actually have to worry about you all now. Uh, when I was in the hospital, were you going to say something? I was going to say like, yeah, with my asthma. <laughs> in January, late December, January, this coronavirus thing was becoming the forefront and center Peace and all the news stations and all media outlets were talking about this coronavirus. And I was saying, which is kind of interesting, while I was in the hospital, my last, my most recent hospitalization, I kind of noticed that the patient, the, the patients that they were putting next to me all had severe respiratory issues and they were just exponentially sicker and sicker. Uh, to the point where even one of the people that they put next to me actually ended up dying not even 30 minutes after they put him into the room next, you know, after they put him in my room. And um, my, my oncologist asked me, he's like, oh, you know, you seem like really bad. And then it's like almost within 24, 48 hours, you're, you want to go home. You know, like why the sudden change? And I had told him, I was like, you guys are putting sicker and sicker patients next to me. It's only a matter of time before I get sick. And, you know, I was already at 108 pounds while I was in the hospital this past time. That, that For a person that's six feet, four inches, 108 pounds is skeleton. literally skeleton. Um, I was literally just a skeleton and organs. There was no fat on me whatsoever. Um, and to sit there in that state, I'm surprised I didn't get sick in the hospital, but thank God I was able to get out of it. 
But, you know, now we're in April. I'm surprised I didn't get anything I'm surprised. cold. You, yeah. I just got that cold twice. Twice, yeah. You got yeah. You, you got hit twice while you were in the... Because uh, I stayed with him the whole time he was in the hospital. I lived in the hospital, too. Yeah. Everybody came in. They was always asked, like, oh, where's your wife? She's not... My wife would have to go uh, back home to the Bronx to go see her mom. Uh, everybody would come and like, oh, your wife's not here today. It was always a, like a shocker. Yeah, because I got foot surgery at the same time. Yeah, she was recovering <laughs> from a, they call them a bunionectomy, where they remove, they basically, you described the surgery. I, I cringe every time I, I think, think about it. I think they take, uh, from what I understand, they take off a bone and kind of reshape your foot so that way you don't have the bunion anymore. I know there were screws inside, but a, a giant cast around my foot for a while. But for the most part, I think that this is your second bunionectomy. You had one on your right. Your first one was your right foot. Yeah. Um. And now you had one on your left foot, which is the second one. But the second one healed a lot better than your first one. You don't have that nasty scar tissue. No, just a hole. But that's bec- I don't know. I blame the doctor. Yeah, it seems like the doctor stitched. I, I guess removed the stitches a little too early, and there was uh she's got a bit of a hole. And the top part of her foot doesn't look like it. I mean, it looks like it's finally healing, but it's going to have like a little crater. Anywho, I hope I never have to get one of those. I, I know that I hear a lot of females uh, have to get them. I'm not sure if it's because they wear shoes. I or don't wear heels or anything like that. It's genetic, so, right? They said yeah. it was genetic because you my said... My grandma had them. Yeah, okay, grandma. Uh, I know my uh, stepmother, she's had two also done, and I think her daughter as well. Um, but yeah, lo and behold... We're both here. We're both alive. COVID-free. Um, I hope everybody is safe. I hope everybody has their health and that they're safe out there. And I hope that we all get to return to normal soon. Because it's getting... I don't know. It's getting annoying. It's, right? it's just kind of getting annoying. It's you're, you're in this constant state of fear. I mean, if it's one thing that we have in common for everybody living in this age of the coronavirus is the that annoying fear that annoying sense of like you're supposed to be scared right like you might not necessarily feel threatened by COVID-19 but you know the boogeyman's lurking exactly you know and that's annoying you know there was a period where my cancer was I don't know it was the, the chemotherapy was working for me and I was starting to recover. It looked like I was starting to recover. And everybody kind of kept giving me like the, the pity. Uh, like the pity eyes. Like, yo, hang in there, bro. Like, give me like the sad puppy eyes looking at me like I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, I was out and about. I was doing my thing. I even used to go play. For a while, I was playing soccer with my son. Not like full-blown soccer, but I was kicking the ball around with him in the park. You know, and I had gotten annoyed. I was like, yo, like, stop talking to me. Like, uh. Like, I'm dead, you know, like, or like I got the, like, like my cancer is killing me because look, I'm out and about, right? Let's just be happy. And I feel like the coronavirus, a lot of people, the people that don't have it, like, yo, you know, stop telling me to be safe. I've been safe. Yo, everything's good. This stupid coronavirus got me out of a job, you know, like it's, it's, an, it, that's what I'd mean, like as an annoying fear. Anyhow, but it's affected everything. It's affected news, radio, my shopping, shopping, going out and about. Something simple, getting toilet paper now is a, a 
It's a 45 minute thing. Yeah. You gotta wait in line outside, then you gotta wait in line inside. Not to mention if if there even is toilet paper to be to be gotten. Yeah, you, you wait for half an hour outside just to find out that the, the person in front of you got the last roll. But there's thing. see New York. I think thankfully was smart in that a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of the stores that I've gone to, they've imposed strict. Okay, you can only buy one or one, two. You know, like yeah. yeah, they've limited very early on what you can buy. Now Lysol, that's the problem. Yeah, Lysol. Clorox wipes, anything cleaning related, they haven't really or regulated that. So. Anything that has a label that says kills 99% of bacteria and viruses is missing from store shelves. No, you can find fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. But nobody, that's, that's like the hidden gem. <laughs> you know? But yeah, everything is affected, even <clears throat> for my fellow combat sports. There's no boxing, there's no. For a little while, they were hosting cards with no fans in attendance. Uh, but as we are now, today would have been UFC 249. Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. We would have had our beautiful pay-per-view if it weren't for the folks over at Disney and ESPN. Gosh darn it, I wanted to see blood and guts on the floor. Not on Mickey's watch. Not on Mickey's watch, but, you know, it's clearly for the best. And I'm being sarcastic. Uh, about wanting it. I mean, yes, I wanted to see the fight. And it's ironic how many memes I saw on Twitter back in February and January talking about how something is going to happen that is going to cancel Tony versus Khabib and literally a panda, a biblical pandemic has gotten in the way yet again from this match from happening. <laughs> Dana White vowing to buy an island to keep this card from to keep this card up and running but lo and behold uh yeah there goes our hopes and dreams for ufc 249 at least for now i know dana's still gonna be pushing the issue and trying his best to get a card uh going i think sometime in may or june but we'll see um what else you said shopping going out tell me oh yeah it's like everything's closed. But how has it been? And the things that are closed, everything has a line. What about taking the train and stuff like that? Not closed and kind of crowded. So unlike what it's supposed to be, social di- like the first five, ten people do social distancing, and everybody's like, "Well, too bad. I need to sit down." Well, for somebody that has a unique, a unique situation such as yourself, you have asthma. Dude, like, do I worry? I mean, I worry about you nonstop, and I worry about you, <laughs> you know, because yeah, they say that... You do enough worrying for the both of us. How I imagine that people had to have been looking at you like you had 10 heads. Oh, when I coughed. <laughs> when this first started, and I had a little... I had a little all right, when this first, first, like, started before social distancing was a thing, like, you know, like, right, right before. Yeah. That's when I had that cold. Uh-huh. So I, like, died a little bit on the train. Everybody's like, oh, <gasps> just looked at me like, why is she even out like that? Somebody contain her. That would piss me off to know. And then I, I mean, I remember uh, who was it? G, uh, for the G from State Farm. G, uh, G from uh, Gina from the Who Cast with Mike. Uh, she was saying that she was sick around the same time that you were, mm. and I was gonna post the tweet saying that you were, and then she had posted one saying that she was riding a train or something like that. Ah, and uh, she stole my thunder. Watch him call it. So that's why I had asked because, you know, there that. 
what about the people with asthma? People with asthma are yeah. We just cough all the time, and yeah. I was I was smoking at the time. Uh, congratulations! Uh, oh, thank you. For you know, today is three weeks, by the way. Three weeks to the day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, congratulations. Just making a healthy decision to give up cigarettes, and I, and during this time, it's like, you know, like in the movies where they say, "I knew this was a bad day to stop drinking." Yeah, that's exactly what it was like for the yeah. cigarettes, but and whatever. I'm coughing less, so there's that. Well, I think it's interest. It's good that in now in New York, when you tell the doctor that you want to quit smoking, they, like you know, medical ins- insurances cover uh, counseling for tobacco use, which is good in a sense. Even though can't even see my doctor now. Yeah, because she's closed because of this. How much are those uh, Nicorette gums in the patches? <laughs> Oh, well, um, extra expensive. I didn't look at the patches, because I don't want the patch. The gum, I saw a box. I didn't see how many were in the box, but it was like $71. I was like, not that box. And I was like, how about that tiny box up there? Only 20 $71? Yeah, for like a the big box. It's like wow. like a regular. But the the little box that holds 20 gums is $18.99. But how does, so how does the Nicra, the, the Nicorette gum work? Does it give you it any gives sort you of... four MGs of... Nicotine, it kind it doesn't give you like. Is that the equivalent of a couple of cigarettes or? Mm, no, uh, I think it's less than a cigarette because it's supposed to like kind of slow you down. Ugh. Like you know, anybody who smoked, you get that 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 like lightheaded feeling. Yeah. The first cigarette. Yeah. You don't get that. Mm, that yeah. sucks. I mean, well, anything to help the cause. I don't want to say that sucks and discourage you and end up seeing you with a cigarette later, but anywho. Congratulations. I personally am genuinely as your husband. And I'm sure that there are people out there that my mom applaud your effort. The former smokers, f- former cigarette smokers, you know, it's a hard thing. You're going to quit because you want to quit. You're not going to quit because somebody's going to make you quit. You got to do your best to rational. I had to like make that a mantra because I didn't really want to quit. Ah. That was mine. That for me, that was drinking. I was a very. I was a serious alcoholic back in the day. The problem is, is that I was a functional alcoholic. I worked right through it. People wouldn't know I was drunk, you know, and for me to quit, it was just like I had to, I don't know, I had to make the tough decision. And then the annoying part is seeing other people drink and have fun stories. You know, they probably good at drinking responsibly, but I I wasn't, so I had to, to let it go. But I definitely understand the difficulty in quitting something. It's just not a not a fun thing, but you look great, and you haven't killed me yet, so. No, I've been a little bit snappy a yeah. couple times. But. I could deal with snappy. I could definitely deal with snappy if it, you know, if it gets you to the the finish line, you know. But um, well, yeah, you know, like you're you smoking at the time, people looking at you like you have five heads. Oh. You know, it, this shit's the coronavirus has got everybody on. It's just got everybody on edge, man. It sucks. It's 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 stripping people of everything. What is that? Is that the garbage truck outside? I oh my know. gosh. I gotta pause the podcast. Give me one second. Let me let this garbage truck finish picking up the garbage. Be right back. And we're back. Sorry about that. There was a garbage truck. Uh ramping uh taking out garbage ramping. I don't know what the hell is gonna go with that one. Anywho, mm-hmm. uh we are back. So yes, coronavirus. Making everybody's life miserable. I hope everybody's safe, healthy, and we could bounce back and be greater than ever. 
and that humanity will not rear its ugly head and that we will actually, uh, this will be considered to be humanity's finest hour. But the longer this goes on, I gotta tell you, doesn't feel, yeah, it does not feel like humanity's, this does not feel like humanity's finest hour. This feels more like a letdown in humanity. <laughs> like 45 minutes Are from a riot. Are you serious? I never understand the car. I'm literally, if, if this is only, a, this is like a New York thing where every noise possible can go off while you're trying to record a podcast. <laughs> and this is why, <laughs> this is why there's such thing as podcast studios because this would just drive you crazy in Brooklyn and Queens, Long Island, Bronx. Always some jerk off riding with the, like, you know, that if somebody deaf, some deaf person writing, and they have their music blasting. Anywho, um, there was a lot of people questioning why the UFC was unable to host a card, why we can't have baseball, why we can't have basketball, while the WWE ends up being the one able to continue hosting cards. And I was of the mindset that the WWE was proactive in hosting cards without people, kind of showing that they were going to continue to deliver a product as safely as possible. And I think they kind of slipped through the door before all the scrutiny started happening. And, you know, they, they you know, they hosted, they nah, even hosted. we've been doing good the whole time. No need to look this way. Exactly. You know, like leave us alone. They had WrestleMania I know Drew McIntyre, I think is his name, the dude that won the main event against Brock Lesnar. And I got to tell you, for those of you wrestling fans out there, what is it with these like matches where you either have one of two matches. You have a match that is like a long, technical, beautiful display of wrestling ability, or you have this wrestling match where it's like, I'm going to do my special move on you and you're going to kick out. Well, I'm going to do my special move on you and you're going to kick out. And it's just them. All right, well, I'm going to do my special move on you twice. And then you're going to kick out. And it's like all they're doing is spamming their finishing move. And I'm going to do mine twice. And then, oh, look, we have a newcomer. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it was basically Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre was Drew McIntyre spam the claymore and all the claymore is is a flying leg kick he jumps in the air and he drop kicks you it's basically a flat drop kick and then brock lesnar is kind of like a fireman carry toss and all they did was spam those moves over and over again and then drew mcintyre won ah i kind of feel like the firefly funhouse match between john cena and bray wyatt should have been one, but you know, then again, I'm not the one. I'm not Vince McMahon, and I'm not the the, the mastermind in the storytelling, uh, character storytelling. But nevertheless, yeah, the, the WWE has continued to put on cards, and for the most part, yes, they've had a couple of. I don't know about wrestlers, but they have had some staff members test positive for COVID nineteen. But nobody's gone. You know, most of the criticism that the WWE has gotten was from the outside looking in. It was people like the media judging them for what they were doing versus people in the WWE camp really going out there and, and bashing them. Um, 
uh, one of the reasons I also think that the WWE continues to go on is they operate as an in-house, meaning that they have the training center, the performance center in Florida. I'm not sure if they have dorms, but, you know, they for the most part, when the WWE travels, they travel in, in packs. They're not really bringing too much outside source sources, you know. So who knows? They're probably pretty strict with their, you know, contact with outside people policy. Um, also, they're not, you know, they're not regulated from the, you're not regulated by the athletic commissions. They're, they're purely defined as sports entertainment. And I think Vince McMahon, uh, loopholed it up. Yeah. He went to Congress or something like that. And, you know, they, they were able to sell the WWE as sports entertainment because it is scripted. You know, it is, it is a scripted show. It's reality TV. It's, it's, it's a man's novella. It's a man's novella or man's reality TV show, you know. But I give him, I give him props because it gives me something to watch, you know. And I find myself reverting, like, to my childhood where wrestling was fun. And, you know, it's okay to like wrestling and people don't necessarily look at you like a dweeb. And the people that don't like wrestling are mostly just haters, you know. And I've, you know, I've, I've genuinely enjoyed it. I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I saw WrestleMania. You know, I catch my Raw and SmackDown. The ones that I haven't seen too much is um, AEW. I believe AEW is Chris Jericho's brainchild. Or he's he was... That's the one that Chris Jericho's at right now. They got a couple of legacy wrestlers. And it's like they're recreating kind of like this Attitude Era-ish badass wrestling which technically i should be watching because that was my line of that's where we were that's where i last kind of dropped off when the attitude era ended was where i stopped watching wrestling um but yeah you know shout out to them and i could care less about what people think and the wwe has been able to put it off without a hitch you know i kind of i wish the ufc i wish there was a way to not have fighters you know, because a lot of fighters that perform on the, the MMA cards usually end up going to the hospital. That's not always the case in wrestling, you know. So one could technically say that wrestling is safer. It's scripted. It's structured where you can't really script mixed martial arts no matter how hard you try. Somebody's going to go in there, punch somebody else in the fucking face or choke them the fuck out. And somebody's going to have to go to the hospital and it's going to cost medical resources that would otherwise be spent helping nurses and doctors combat the coronavirus in hospitals. Um, also, with the UFC hosting or trying to host UFC 249 and beyond at Tachi Palace is that you, you know, the Indian reservations, they're not really getting the medical support that are the rest of the nation has been getting. It's been frequently said on the news that a lot of reservations have seen people die from what looks like the coronavirus. And they haven't gotten help. And then for Dana White, the white man, to come in and host a highly competitive, violent sport in which fighters most likely will have to spend a night in the ER. You know, it's like, Messed up. Not only are you not helping us, but now you're going to, like, throw that... And then invite other people here, like... Yeah. And then, you know, like, that. 
Dana White's basically saying that all the athletes are going to have access to testing and all that. Nobody's, you know, but, like, but they don't. Yeah, but the people that live on this reservation probably don't have access to me- the same medical testing. It's not right, you know. But nevertheless, I don't want to argue with anybody. And I don't want to be like, oh, this is one of those sympathizers, coronavirus sympathizers. <laughs> you know, it's just my opinion. I'm not an expert. Also, uh, should legally, if Disney and ESPN didn't step in, 249 would have been able to go on. Uh, they're not subject to the jurisdiction of the state of California. It's an Indian reservation. It's its own. It's considered to be quote unquote its own sovereign territory. And if anybody wanted to sue the UFC for putting on the event, let's say, okay, I per, you know I participated in the production of the UFC 249 event. I ended up getting the coronavirus afterwards. I would have to then find somebody a legal representation on the reservation, and then have to take this court case all the way to Congress in which I'd probably be dead by the time it got to Congress, especially with the slowdown. They got a million other things. More important things. Yeah. Think about things. Rather than to, to pro, you know, to prosecute a trial or have a, a committee hearing on the UFC hosting an event on, you know. So the, jur- the legal, there's no legal jurisdiction. There's no legal protection for anybody participating in the event. Basically, they could say, well, you guys willingly participated on a reservation where we can't we have no jurisdiction so that's really on you so dana white was very smart in picking a reservation but as the story has been written disney and espn stepped in after somebody from a governor from california uh put his two cents in and basically said that hosting the event would undermine the quarantine and yada 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 and lo and behold um Pro wrestling gets to go on, and we still have to wait just a little bit longer before we get our dose of combat sports. It sucks, and but I need blood sport. Do you? A little bit. I miss it. I miss. I mean, I really do. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even be hosting this. I wouldn't even be. Do, I don't even care that it's my one year anniversary. That's how much I wanted this could be versus Tony fight to happen. That I I really wanted to put on the podcast, but. If it was record a podcast talking about your one year anniversary of fighting cancer or Khabib versus Tony, I would have picked Khabib versus Tony. I would have celebrated that way. That would have been my celebration. Eating my favorite food, watching my favorite, like potentially favorite card of the year. But as the good Lord knows, we can never have anything good in life. Um, but the UFC is not the only one that is suspected. It's all sports have been completely shut off. Baseball, basketball, football. I mean, I'm just saying things that we already know, right? I'm just being redundant. Uh, but again, uh, I hope that everybody's safe and I hope everybody's healthy. That they stay safe. And I hope anybody that listens to my podcast does not have to deal with cancer or the coronavirus or any illness. I hope everybody gets to have a healthy life. It sucks. It has been a very difficult year for me. And just when I thought I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, this whole thing happens. And and yeah, so that is, I don't know. That's the end of the coronavirus chronicles. Um, 
I'm looking here at the podcast notes, those sports. What do you do to pass the time? Well, Sam, what do you do to pass the time? What have you done since this whole thing has started? <laughs> how are you passing the time? I write in my journal, and I like to write short stories, but I'm kind of behind on the, those ones. And I color from now, you know, every now and then. You? I watch a lot of TV. I play video games. I cook a little bit now. Oh, I cook too sometimes. Um, we also brought up the, we also made a website. I'm hoping to be a little bit more active. The past three weeks I've been lackadaisical. I haven't put up any articles because I've just been kind of wrapping my head. It's, it's hard to put out original content. Oh, that's why I just tell everybody about my week. Yeah. Today I'm going to try to do it and put out the last two weeks because I'm behind. Yeah, I, I definitely feel creatively stumped. I'm not getting in any new content from TV, news, other than what we're seeing coronavirus related. It's not, it's stagnant. There's no new TV shows on really. The new TV shows, they're all talking about the same things, which sucks. So creatively, I've kind of felt stumped. That's just the God honest truth. I've started live streaming again. My son plays Roblox all day long. Uh, video games I'm playing for the Nintendo Switch, for those of you guys who like J uh, Japanese RPGs or JRPG-style games, Octopath Traveler is an instant classic. I've probably put in a cool 15, 16 hours, and I'm still not even done with, chapter one. Done with the first set of chapters in my character quest lines. And it's a really long game. It's So far, it seems to be a pretty long game. I don't know how it's going to be later on, but um, I've been playing Octopath Traveler, Roblox, PUBG Mobile, Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, I'm a mobile gamer. I've been trying to get back into... I haven't played the Resident Evil 3 remake yet, but I did see a Let's Play of it. I saw... I'm watching live streamers, uh, the live streamers speed run the game and stuff like that. I don't do Fortnite. I'm not big on Apex Legends. Um, I have yet to play the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm, I'm hoping I come across some money somehow and I'll end up getting it. Everybody's saying that the remake is fantastic. I think it's supposed to be a three-part thing. I'm not going to talk out of my butthole and pretend like I know what it's about. Um, but yeah, video games for me. It's been a lot of video games. I play Words with Friends. I try playing Words with Friends, but I, I get so discouraged. I deleted it off my phone because I was just got... Yeah, I know. It's our game just recently ended. Yeah, I, I, I just... I don't have the... I never get a letter combo... I always think that I'm learning the game. I might win one game, and then I'll end up losing the, ne the next ten. And I, I get so discouraged. I see people getting like 30 points off of like two, like a two letter <laughs> word, you know, or on it. And, you know, they get like a freaking power up and get like 36 points. And I'm sitting here trying to find like seven letter words, like empty my every time I. See, you can't, you do get wrong. It's all about placement, not your actual vocabulary. That's what I'm trying to do placement too. But then again, I try to get, pla uh, get better placement on the board and it, it never works out. You know, so... Practice makes perfect. I guess. Maybe I'll get back into words. I feel bad. I left a lot of people hanging. A lot of people that asked me to play. My wife included. Um, what are you guys doing? Uh, feel free to hit me up and, and let me know what you guys are doing to pass the time. Another thing that we're doing is trying to... Well, we haven't been doing lately because I've fallen off. Uh, there's this app called Duolingo. 
which helps you learn a language for free. It doesn't seem like it's the app is completely free because it has like life. Like I don't know how the Android version is. Yeah, my version is different from your version. Yeah, I, and the the iOS version had hearts, and if you got a thing wrong, you lost hearts. And if you don't have enough gems or diamonds to replenish the hearts, you can't continue. You have to wait twenty four hours for your thing to replenish. But anyway, that's an iPhone thing. It's a mostly free game, uh, free app that helps you learn a language. We started learning Latin, which is uh, pretty interesting. I don't know what how practical it's going to be, but I know eventually I'm going to touch up on my Spanish. And uh, I'm waiting for you for that. You one did. Too. You you did. Uh, what was it? Russian. I did a little bit of Russian. She did yeah. a little bit of Russian before we did Latin. I am definitely enjoying Latin. I just fell off the wagon. It's not because I I was in a rut these past couple of weeks. The past three weeks has been really hard. I've been you gotta push. I've been thinking a lot about where I've been this past year, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, socially. Um, and it's been a very hard year. I'm struggling with some things now. Uh, I'm not proud to say it, but one of the things that comes from uh, one of the unintended consequences of some cancer treatment plans is the introduction of opioids and things like that to help manage chronic pain. Um, to get some perspective on where I'm going with this next thing is the doctors believe that I had this tumor in my stomach for 10 years with the size of the tumor that they removed. It was the size of a grapefruit, if not a little larger than a grapefruit that they removed with the 45% of my colon and then the subsequent chemo I have permanent nerve damage in my stomach and my hands and feet. Unfortunately, I cannot go to surgery. Any surgery is going to make me worse. Or unable to. Or feel, yeah, feel worse. Or unable to, like there was one thing that they were discussing where uh, it's called a celius plexus block where they, and you know, I just found out that that's not a permanent thing. You have to go and continuously get it done. Yeah, because your nerves regrow. Yeah. They they use some sort of alcohol and they burn the nerve, and you basically have no feeling at all. But then how do you? But know the problem is, I, I I didn't want to get the ple the celiac plexus block because if something goes wrong, like you said, my love, uh, just if something goes wrong, I won't be able to feel it and I won't be able to go to the hospital and get it checked. So I basically have an insane amount of pain in my hands and my feet, and now. The chemo, the immunotherapy that I'm on, uh, it's been known to severely aggravate arthritic problems. So, on top of all the other pain that I've had, now my, I have the joints of about a hundred, a hundred year old person. And, like I said, one of the things that they do is they treat it with opioids. And, uh, you know, I definitely now understand the issue with the opioid the opioid crisis that we face epidemic. in the world the, yeah the epidemic that the world is facing but you know my nurses and stuff like that they tell me you have to fight one battle at a time you know it's not a crime huh i said the same thing uh, yeah 
it's not a crime to be in pain and you know the first thing is to fight the cancer and then fight whatever else comes after you know what i'm saying like i have issues financially that i'm trying to recover from as well that i can't even begin to tackle because i'm not working i'm not generating any income and this podcast will not generate much income i think the most i've ever made is about 20 bucks and <clears throat> pardon me you know but that's why i've been in a rut you know it's just kind of assessing everything and i'm hoping that once we all get past this COVID-19 pandemic we can go back to some sense of normalcy but I kind of feel like this has impacted so many people in such a negative way that we might never truly get back to normal you know I wouldn't be surprised if in big cities you see it people having to wear masks from now on I wouldn't be surprised if there might even be some legislation in big big bigger uh, bigger cities that require people to put on masks and have coverings to not spread germs and that because New York is the hardest hit state in the U.S. The most deaths, the most testing done, most positive cases. You know, it's it's really bad out here. And I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if after this is all said and done, you know, there is probably going to be some stricter measures and New York might not be so fun to be in uh, anymore after this whole thing is said and done. But again, you know, that's just me. And I hope everybody's finding ways to keep themselves mentally, you know, engaged and, and, and out there and, and doing good things. The The amount of good stuff that I've seen, donate, people helping, giving props to our essential workers, showing love to nurses... Oh, um, you know, just I've seen a lot of good, but I've also seen a lot of bad. And if it's one thing that I could I, I wish for at the end of this podcast or I wish for now, I'll just say it now. I just wish that we would treat our fellow man and woman better and we do a better job at helping each other get through this. Um, we've lost too many people. And I care about you guys. I rely on my social interaction, especially from somebody like me that has cancer and that has lost the ability to regularly socialize with people on the norm. You know, I severely depend on you guys taking care of yourselves so you guys can keep me entertained. The same thing for my wife and, you know, anybody that doesn't get to live a normal life. So, eh, I didn't mean to bring the podcast down, but I guess... We really did want to, we were planning on speaking about mental health and things like that. And I guess yeah. there's my input. You know, my wife has an experience of her own, obviously dealing, being married to somebody that has cancer. Uh, I won't go too much into it, but our marriage wasn't on the best of terms throughout this experience. We're a lot better off now, thank the Lord, but it wasn't too far it wasn't long ago that we were in a very dark place and somehow you know so if there is a silver lining is that we were kind of or we are working through it you know and she has a different experience compared to what I've been through especially she's my caregiver you know and you know I guess I'll let her you know 
How is this COVID-19, how has this past year been for you, you know? This year has been, like, you know, like, all of 2019. Like, that, that's just, just where, been wherever, a crazy year. Wherever you're at, like, just let it out. <laughs> well, I mean, I went through what I went through. I've healed from that. Both physically and mentally. I have to say that the, like, therapy, it is through your experience that I come to value the benefit of getting professional help. Because I, I was definitely one that didn't believe in psychologists. And it was through what we went through and your per, your, in your actual experience that I've come to respect professionals who are, th you know, therapists and things like that. Yeah, I was in a dark place for a long time. And now I'm not as much anymore. Or not, like, not really close to it anymore. Thank goodness. Well. Uh, what's it called again? I don't know. Living in the hospital with you was crazy. But I've learned I'm, that I'm super adaptable. Yes. And I'm surprised they even let you stay. You got, they let you do everything they didn't. My wife, I can honestly say that this experience with cancer has been nothing short of astonishing. They let my wife get away with anything, practically. <laughs> I just walked into the, yeah. the utility, the, the food room. <coughs> I'm like, hey guys, how's, this, how's it going? I'm just going to go get something in the fridge. I hope you don't mind. We lived, when I tell you we yeah, no, lived, I lived there in this hospital for a month, a little over a month, you know, and... You, they let you sleep on the bed with me. They never kicked you off. I mean, I was they let me stay in my underwear all day. They didn't, they, they, you know, like I have to trust me. This hospital wanted me out, they wanted me out of the hospital <laughs> as soon as they always used to come in and be like, Well, when are we sending you home? You know what? But for the most part, they they kept me in the hospital and they didn't let me go home until they felt it was right. And they let my wife stay with me. Yeah, the only time I couldn't come in the room is when you guys were doing the birthday surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and that was nice. They sang, you know, the nurses came in for my wife's birthday. They wrote a little happy birthday message on, on the whiteboard. I mean... I have a picture of, the, not the whiteboard, but the chair. Yeah. You know, I, I come to have a new family of doctors and nurses. And this is why I'm, I'm kind of like getting a little emotional about it, but... I get a f I get a little uptight. I get very uptight when people downplay things that these nurses and doctors are dealing with on the front lines. I've seen hard men and women hard as nails in the ICU and the ER. I've seen them deal with such challenging it might not even be about medicine. It might just be about having to talk to somebody in the most challenging situations. And nurses and doctors are trained problem solvers, but they are human. I remember feelings specifically too. the day the gentleman died next to me. I was it, not there for that. It was about 1250 something at night. They bring this gentleman in on a ventilator and 
for those of you who've never had the experience of being in the same room as a ventilator, it is a very eerie noise that this machine makes. It makes a series of beeps and boops, and you could hear these and you don't know what the hell other than the, the most comforting noise out of that respirator is the noise that it makes that you know that it's pumping air into somebody's lungs. The you know, that noise. But it makes a series of beeps and boops that are very unnerving. But anywho, I digress. They bring this gentleman into the room and he's on the ventilator. They wheel him. There's one per there's two people bringing in the bed and there's another two people bringing in the ventilator and setting it up. And the gentleman is coherent. <coughs> Pardon me. I apologize for coughing. I just uh, finished taking a couple of bong rips before we started this episode. Um, they bring the gentleman in. He's like me. No shirt, no pants, just underwear. So it's two dudes with underwears in the room. But the gentleman is coherent. And he's trying to talk to the nurse. And he's asking her. And all you hear is, and I'm, I look, you know, like I kind of grab my cane. I peel back the, uh, the curtain a little bit to look at him to see if I could help him because that's all I, you know, I'm not a lonely guy. I want all my neighbors I talk to and I try to be friends with and help them if I can. So the guy, you know, I pull and I'm looking at him and he's got all these tubes in him and all this. I almost like looked away in disgust to feel like I was sad to see this. But the guy's, again, he says, television. And the, the nurse lady's like, do you want to tell, it's a Jamaican lady, do you want the television? Yeah, yeah, you know, he's motioning, yes, yes, yes. But he, you, very inaudible. So he's, he's trying to point to his pants. And he says something to the effect of, I have $20 in my pants to pay for the television. The nurse looks at him. She's not a nurse. I apologize. She's one of the PCNs. And the PCNs are the ones, they don't really do anything medical. All they do is check your blood pressure and leave. They don't do anything else other than that. So. Not sure they help you wash up. Well, Yeah, and they help you wash up and change linens. But they don't do, like, they don't do anything medical on you. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, the lady could not understand the gentleman. And she's like, I, I don't know what he wants. And she leaves. So I look the gentleman in the eye, and I'm like, you could watch my TV. And I pull back the curtain. I raise the volume on the TV. And, uh, you know, he nods his head, and he starts watching TV. Not even 30 seconds, 45 seconds after he nods his head, the ventilator makes a different, you know, it goes boop, boop. Boop, boop. That's the normal sound, like boop, boop. And then it does like a high-pitched tone. I don't know. It goes doot, 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 doot. And the nurse shoots into the room. She's like, sir, sir, are you okay? Sir. Right away, she darts out the room. We got a something, something. She calls out a code. No, she, she's got, I forgot what the hell the code was. But whenever, as soon as she yelled that shit out on the loudspeaker, you hear... Uh, emergency response team uh, D2 East emergency response team D2 East and the room within seconds has about 12 13 nurses and doctors 
and they yank all the shit off this guy. They rip out all the tubes. They put on another ventil uh, uh, a handheld ventilator, and they start working on respirator. Whatever the, the respirator. and they're screaming over each other. One doctor's counting. Okay, fifteen seconds go, and then you you know like it gets quiet, and you hear the pounding on this guy's chest that they're doing to get him to breathe, and they're you know. The doctor asks, anything? No, nothing. All right, we're going to get 20 cc's of this, and they inject him with some more stuff. Okay, we're going to... All this commotion. And for a good 45 minutes, they're working on this guy. And they broke his... You could even hear, like, ah, I'm not getting anything. I broke his ribs. Like, they, they keep working on him. His ribs are already broken. And then, all right, you hear the doctor say, can we all agree that this is not... Like, we're not saving this person? And it just gets quiet. And they start talking about the time of death, the paperwork that needs to be filled out, and they all leave except for the nurse that is that was supposed to be tending to me and him. She's the only one in the room. And she's just, like, staring at him. And uh, <sighs> since chills up my spine, man. So I'm really glad I wasn't there. Like, I would go home and sleep over at my house for, like, a day every week or something like that. I don't fault weeks, you for that. that. Was, it was just like, I wasn't there that day. remember we were saying like, it was like every time that you weren't there, shit something got bad. Happened, yeah. Every time that my wife had to leave, something bad happened, happened to me. Like I took a turn for the worst. I started puking my brains out or like I wasn't, you know, like my wife would show up. I started feeling better again. Uh, and go figure the creme de la creme that one night that I left, somebody ended up dying next to me. But I saw this nurse, man, she broke down, you know, and then, she, you know, she had to get right back to it. She came to my room. She's like, do you need anything? And I'm just like, can I get my pain medicine? And she was like, yeah, sure. You know? Can't even think about it. She didn't want to think about it. She came in with my fucking pain meds and she doped me up. And that was it, you know? But that's why I get butt hurt when I see people kind of like downplaying this whole situation. Oh you know? Look at Nurse Michelle. Nurse Michelle was the one on. T she was on TV a couple times. Though. Yeah, yeah. I won't. We won't. We'll just call her Nurse Michelle. We won't give too much information. Uh, but we do. Uh, my wife has a friend who is a an ER nurse. No. ICU. The ICU. She's a nurse in the ICU, and she recently came down with the uh, the coronavirus, and she's in quarantine. And her mother and father both ended up getting it, and it was just. The, well, they they got bad cases. And, and it's just a shit situation. You know what I'm saying? So that's our. You know, somebody close to us, you know, my uncle ended up getting the coronavirus. He didn't get it too bad, but it did fuck up his life situation for a couple of weeks. He's just bouncing back now. And even while he's back at work, he's saying it's just he's out there in the street. And, you know, he says it's very unnerving, very unnerving to be out there. And mm -hmm. what more can I say? It's not it's not really about me anymore. I in talking about this podcast. I went through my shit. I'm still going through it. I respect and I love all the emotional support, but let's worry about somebody else. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more worried about everybody else. It's mm -hmm. exactly it. I just want and just like that, I can hear <laughs> the sirens. You know, the fire. That's another eerie sound of this coronavirus. My neighborhood is right by one of the hardest, one of the harder hit hospitals in J uh, Jamaica Hospital. I'm right down the block from from it and. You know, you, you can hear the, you can hear the paramedics and the EMTs zooming up and down the street all day. 
every day, you know. But <sighs> I don't know. Give me one second, y'all. Just people blasting music outside. That's another thing too. They're watching people that not social distancing. What was it that one night that yeah, our the, next door neighbors had just had a party right when they they were like everybody social literally distance. yeah the day the, the day, day that they it. announced it they were, yeah, like, they were like they had a fucking party last party of the of the of the year I guess right I was just about to call the cops and then they left then the party disbanded so I don't know uh, there's been a couple of interesting things on TV to watch for those of you guys who are maybe looking to watch. Obviously, Tiger King is the, the meme. The meme thing. It's hard. That was something that was a very good sh- show to watch. But I saw the footage of, you know, like the behind the scenes footage. Not the behind the scenes. They had some like shocking new footage of the workers at Joe Exotic's camp beating the animals and shit. Mm. It made me feel kind of guilty to watch Tiger King and enjoy it as much as I did. Especially watching, knowing that those animals were getting fucking abused. And it kind of... But she didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time, you know what I'm saying? And and I was joking the hell out of it. it Carol fucking Baskin. Or fucking Carol Baskin. <laughs> but, you know, Tiger King. I know there's a few... Uh, Chris has got a new comedy special up on Netflix. I'm probably going to watch that later. Yeah, I just sent you a list of documentaries. I know you like documentaries. Yeah. Um, we got that. And, you know, there's... They've been trying. TV's been doing its best to come I back. Hear to Onward is really good if you have Disney Plus. My son saw Onward. He like said, it? "Yeah, he said he enjoyed it. So it made it. him, it made him cry." Yeah, that I was told it's a sad ending. Uh, uh, well, I mean, we could watch it. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. As Dan Cook said, sometimes you just you gotta have a good cry. <laughs> I mean, well, our if mo- you need a good cry, then you need to watch that dog movie. What? Uh, Dog's Journey and the other one. Marley and Me was too much already. I don't know if I can handle another dog dying movie. Over and over. Yeah. Um, our morning shows are pretty much the same. Good Morning America. They're just filming them from home. Ryan Kelly. I like Ryan and Kelly. They had the Disney sing along the other day, which was. It was nice. At first, I was joking about. Uh, I made a lot of jokes about it in the beginning of the show, and then towards the end, I I actually enjoyed it. It was really nice seeing. A lot of, you know, Broadway actors and stuff like that. They had a bunch of famous people singing, uh, you know, your favorite Disney songs. And I'm even though I'm not a Disney head, my wife is, so I can appreciate it vicariously through her, you know. And I it mean, was... Who doesn't like, I'll, I'll make a man out of you. Everybody likes that song. Well, it was a really good presentation. Mm-hmm. I know they had that Elmo thing. Elmo's... We missed that part. Yeah, we missed that one. But that was like the Elmo special Sesame Street and how to live in the coronavirus age and... I mean, my podcast is still going on. My favorite podcaster is Joe Rogan, and I was listening to the Michael Biz. So there are things to do to keep, you know, there is media to consume. But you will eventually circle around to... Oh, my God, going back to the way it was back in the day. I'm hoping. to read a book. Right, having to read a book, having to, having to use a rotary phone? <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> but um, soon, I'm hoping soon. Yeah, so... um. With that being said, I guess I'm going to get ready to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Before I wrap up the podcast, I'm going to leave you, the viewer, the viewer, the listener, with a question. And this episode's question is, if freedom is simply being able to do what you want, are animals freer than humans? Obviously, this goes for animals that are in the wild, 
and not in captivity. But again, if freedom is simply being able to do what you want, are animals freer than humans? Let me know what you think, and we'll try our best to answer that in the next episode. Love you guys. Anthony, out. Bye. <laughs>